Welcome to The Healer's Nest, a podcast for mothers who are empaths, entrepreneurs, and on a path to spiritual and personal growth. Your host, Sayer Elizabeth, is a fitness and spiritual life coach, energy healer, and also a workshop and retreat facilitator for mothers who work from home or in the marketplace. In each episode of The Healer's Nest podcast, you will gain inspiration through storytelling from Sayer Elizabeth or from special guests from all walks of life. Ideas to shift your perspective to allow more divine good into your life and release what is no longer serving you. And spiritual and physical techniques and practices to assist you in your healing and to live in your authentic truth. Without further ado, let's open our heart and mind, take what moves and resonates within, and welcome our host, Sayer Elizabeth of the Healer's Nest podcast. There may be some F-bombs in this podcast episode, so do what you will. This podcast is sponsored by the Healer's Nest Sacred Chocolate. Right now, we are offering the Winter Solstice Edition, and let me tell you what, it is pure magic. The feedback that I have received from women who have spent their mornings or day with the sacred chocolate has been phenomenal. If you're not familiar with the sacred chocolate, it is formally known as cacao, and cacao is chocolate, the highest, purest form of chocolate. I source my cacao from Guatemala, and it is in its purest form, and the shamans of the land, they bless it, they grow it, and they put Mayan spices into it, such as vanilla, some uh, Mayan spices to help open up the, the veins in your body to receive the properties of the cacao. And when it's consumed with intention, she becomes a plant medicine. She becomes a plant spirit and she really does hold your hand and loves you and helps you focus on what's really true and that is love. If you are open to learning more, be sure to visit www.thehealersnest.com forward slash sacred chocolate. I will be reading chapter one of Reclaiming Your True Identity, A Mother's Conscious Guide to Inner Healing. If you are open to reading more, this fabulous book is available on Amazon.com and available on Kindle. Chapter One, Your True Identity. I am as God created me in light and love. For the longest time, I believed in God, but I believed in my sickness, shortcomings, and doubt more. I never felt so unsatisfied and unloved in my life, and I had the world handed to me on a silver platter. 
I was only brought up to believe that I was unworthy and incapable. I didn't receive no other affirmation besides that. When I stepped into the real world, starting in public school, what I was told at home was affirmed by the way I was treated in school. Therefore, those thoughts of lack and unworthiness were the only things I believed in. And for the majority of my life, these lies created this false identity of what I thought was a punishment for not responding with love towards my family and friends like I should have. I thought I was separated from God's love because of all of the drugs and alcohol I had consumed and all the bad choices I made in the past. God triggered my inner knowing, a voice of clear reasoning within, and purposely put people in my life that were aligned to his truth to let me know that this pain, anguish, and suffering was not real for me. In hindsight, It was calling me to face the shadows and lies that lived within me. During those times, I didn't know exactly what that meant, but something higher and wiser knew. So I somehow found the strength to live another day. I was brainwashed to believe I was a sinner. And from this perspective, I felt like I could never reach God. He was above me, shaking his head once again because I didn't get it right. He was standing beside me, judging me because I was imperfect and unworthy. These thoughts created really bad bouts of depression and anxiety for me. And unfortunately, the lies I believed in created a illusion, a facade unknowingly and unconsciously that took me down this deep and dark path that almost cost me my life. When I began this journey, I didn't know what I know now. The more I committed to my healing in my spiritual path, the more I realized that this is the reason why women, especially mothers, don't know their true identity. Because majority of us come into wifehood, motherhood, and the workforce with false identities that is not our own. And with this false identity, it separates us from our higher power, which our true identity lies. I started to pay attention to the ones like me who believes in this unshakable force of the divine presence but still believed in guilt, shame, and other disbeliefs that were not part of God's will for us. The Holy Spirit is for us, and it is us, and it is simply our purpose to remove the false identity with God's help to reclaim our true identity in Him or her. When we lose sight of God's truth for us, we lose ourselves. 
We buy into and feed the lies that create a false identity spun in lies that brings into existence of a false reality and sickness. Most of the sickness begins in the mind. So when I reconnect it to God's conscious mind, change my thoughts into God's thinking, my true identity was eliminated. I began to have the will power to heal my past, my addiction, my belief about myself and the world around me began to look and feel colorful. My depression was lifting. I was reborn. It is my intention to share with you the foundation of your authentic truth, to ignite healing in your mind, to open yourself up to the radical miracles that you are entitled to, to restore your peace, and to bring you closer to faith and the Holy Spirit. But first, we must call out the darkness so light can begin to shine with who we are in the Holy Spirit by exposing our false identity, how we became disconnected, and make our way back to our truth. False Identity Defined It is important that we identify what the false identity is, how it is formed, and how it keeps us disconnected from our higher power where our true identity lies. Throughout the history of Christianity and other faiths, the devil or the enemy has been identified, magnified, and amplified. Don't get me wrong. This energy is alive and well, seeking to destroy the light within us through external forces, such as addictions, possessions, and worldly temptations that block us from our God and our authentic truth. However, there is a force that lives inside of us and that we need to be aware of so we can take more responsibility and do as much as we can to move from this false identity. There is a false identity that lies within us all, and it is called the ego. In Marianne Williamson's book, A Return to Love, she says the Greek translation for ego means separated from God. The ego is not this self-absorbed person as many of us are conditioned to believe in. The ego is a disconnection from Christ's consciousness, from God's thinking, that only has one supportive thinking that fuels our true identity. When we are disconnected from this holy presence that fills us up with truth, love, and wisdom, a false identity creeps in, the ego, and creates limited thinking and outcomes. The ego puts a cap on our creativity, our earning capacity, our loving, our healing, our compassion, acceptance, and our forgiveness. The ego asks, how can I gain from this while knocking everyone else out the way instead of uniting everyone as a team? 
The ego says, they must work for my forgiveness or acceptance, or they owe me first. And we are stuck waiting for a long time with our hand out. The ego thrives on the limitations of the false identity that creates guilt, shame, unworthiness, hatred, attack, and other old patterns that do not serve us. The ego wants instant gratification. And the stronger the ego becomes, the more you are separated from your true identity and live in your false identity. The ego has spun a web of lies to keep us safe, to keep us living and playing small. And the ego creates high expectations for others to meet. And we don't meet those expectations ourselves. The ego doesn't like to take responsibility and will always find a way to make you believe something is the other person's fault or to make you blame the system for not getting what it wants right now. Ego doesn't see growth. The ego doesn't see or believe in faith, hope, divine opportunities, or healing. It only believes in limitations, lies, separation, safety, and sickness. It is not only the devil that sidetracks us. It is you, me, us, and the split mind called the ego that thrives on separating us from our authentic truth and relishes in our false identities. The devil doesn't make us gossip. It is our false identity our separation from source that chooses to gossip about others. It is not the devil that forces us to be spiteful and self-righteous to certain individuals. It is our false identity that has made a bed in being out of alignment with God. And we spread that separation amongst each other. I don't say this to point the finger. I didn't know either, and I had to really find the energy to divorce my false identity so I wouldn't end up divorced, because forgiveness towards my husband was not my forte. I really had to work on relinquishing my ego so I can hold space for others to let go of their ego without judgment. Before we blame the devil for our actions, we have to take a strong look in the mirror and ask if these actions and thoughts stem from God or from separation from God of your own understanding. Our true identity in God is to never spread fear and pain. It is our only truth to spread love and light to everyone. We will explore more about fear in chapter 9. How we became separated from our true identity. Each and every person has a unique connection to the Holy Spirit. And in this connection, you are in your true identity. It is your original nature to share that uniqueness and light with everyone you meet. You began as a thought of love. God created you in love and you were placed in your mother's womb 
where God still had every say-so in your creation, down to your features and the very last detail of your divine will. When you were born, God witnessed and celebrated your birth, and from that point, you were in your true identity. Your true identity are the characteristics and abilities that your higher power possesses and freely given to you. And through your own personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, God only speaks truth in your true identity. God would whisper to you to laugh, love, forgive, explore, find joy, be bold, speak your truth, and be persistent in the things that you desire. You are sharing your inner light without doubt or fear. You didn't even believe you had a cold or you would vomit and 20 minutes later be up and running and back to playing. Until the age or around the age of seven years old, your authentic truth began to change. Your light began to dim little by little. At this pivotal point, most children begin disconnecting from God by hearing and seeing and practicing what is going on in their family's beliefs, values, and actions that is self-harming, overprotective, or creates separation amongst one another. You may have been conditioned to believe, behave, and act a certain way so that people will like you and love you, and which in adulthood turns into codependency or having to be someone you are not in order to be liked or accepted. I'll give you one of many, many examples. Our parents telling us that we can't date a certain person because their family is poor, Hispanic, black, or white. When deep down, we love and interact with every person that we meet. We can't dance a certain way because it attracts the wrong people into your space. When before, as a child, you danced because it was freeing and expressive and fun. You were taught to believe that simply being your original, unique, creative self wouldn't pay the bills. So you created a mountain of debt, going into college, getting a job that will pay the bills so you can be safe. But deep down, you have a story to tell with your creative passion. We grow up in families that expect a lot out of their children. And then that perspective is brought into our adult lives and we become overachievers and workaholics. I was conditioned that yelling, screaming, and using hateful words was the only way to have a successful marriage. We are all walking around with a part of a false identity that was never ours. And that falsicity is what is destroying us inside. It is important that we acknowledge and understand the factors that misshapen our worldview 
so that we can correct them with loving guidance of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is not to say that every family in the world has taught their kids to live in glass ceiling boxes. There are families that instill good and free will into their kids and future generations. And this is not to knock our caregivers down on their knees. I can see how this cycle has repeated itself over and over again. And now we are in a generation where information, guidance, and tools are here to help heal our wounds that keep us from being free and to heal our present and future generations and the world. Just be grateful that you are gaining the wisdom, that you can connect the dots where needed, and that you are reading this not by accident, but according to divine timing. Be forgiving of your caregivers and understand that they are using what has been passed down to them to believe and to operate from, and that maybe they are living some type of false identity that is not their own too. I strongly believe that this had to happen for God to teach us by example and someone being brave enough to break the cycle. This is one of those ways we get distracted from knowing and living our true identity taking in other people's ideas and conditionings of the world in order to thrive and survive. Our purpose is to remove these boundaries and to establish a solid understanding on our own that honors our inner truth and honors God's purpose that he has in store for us. But for some of us, Pain has been brought upon our own lives from people that are hurting themselves. And instead of being brave and saying, I'm in pain, please help me. Instead, they spread their pain onto others. And that leaves some of us deeply wounded. Wounded. You may have been shining your light towards others, sharing your gifts, and living in the truth of who you really are. But that truth and light may have been stolen from you by an experience that triggered severe emotions of fear. And that fear may have disconnected you from your higher power and your truth. These traumatic experiences might include something as simple as a boyfriend dumping you on prom night and creating a fear or feeling of being unworthy of love or a physical attack that triggered the belief that you must stay hidden for protection. We all have certain emotional experiences that trigger fear within us and somehow thereby creating thoughts and beliefs that support a skewed perspective of the world. I grew up in a very dysfunctional home where physical, emotional, verbal, and mental abuse took place on a day-to-day basis. The physical and verbal trauma was very hard for me to heal because it fluctuated between not protecting myself 
or overprotecting myself, not using my words to share my point of view or cussing you out to get my point across. Taking an ass whooping from someone or me beating your ass. I know, intense, but deep down, I was this very smart girl, soft, spoken, still, deep. I remember feeling that, the little girl honoring that piece of herself, and then to look up and have the taste buds knocked out of your mouth, following by the words, you're ugly. I was deeply wounded, confused, hurt, and I shut that little girl off inside of me so I could survive. We can choose to recognize that we did nothing to deserve such experiences or that these experiences do not define who we really are in this human experience. Spiritual master Rumi said in one of his famous quotes and thought-provoking poems, the wound is where the light enters you. Traumatic wounds hurt. They shake us up, question our faith, and makes us wonder if trauma is the only thing we are worthy of receiving. There has to be darkness in order for the light to come through, to expand us, and to cleanse us. The world is going through dark times, and we need light showers to guide us back to our inner light. Part of our journey is meant to make our way back into our true identity. And though it can sometimes be very difficult, we can try to choose to empower ourselves by turning such situations around and using them to make our light brighter and to help others. Unconsciously, many of us have adopted a why me mentality. When we have this mentality, we are adding salt to the wound. We are giving and keeping our power away. In this energy, we are claiming that we have no say-so or choice in what happens to us, that we allow the world and the people around us to dictate how we should feel and respond. Then we feel sorry for ourselves and create a low energy, negative space to live and to act from. This perpetrates our false identity as the victim. But we can change this by taking responsibility for the way we try to heal our wounds. Wounds not only allow the light to enter, magnify, and become a light shower, but it also allows you to put up loving and supportive boundaries. Boundaries come from the lessons you learned while honoring and healing the wound. So those experiences won't happen again and you can teach others how to protect themselves or to heal. Growing up in order to receive some type of affectionate or loving attention I gave. I gave all of myself in chores or schoolwork just to feel loved for a moment. 
This wound of not receiving love extended into my adulthood, constantly giving the best of myself to everyone, and there was no love given in exchange. There was always a favor for favor, a tit for tat, and after many hard lessons, I had to put up a boundary that in any relationship, we must be nurturing and giving to each other equally. Without exchange, without expectations, because we love each other enough to see each other happy. Love is giving and receive. And that is a boundary I put up from the lessons of my wounds. I challenge you to try asking, what is this wound trying to teach me? What can these experiences teach you in order for you to be a teacher, to stand against social injustice, to write a book on how to overcome sexual trauma, to practice and own in on forgiveness, to love yourself as Christ loves you? We are waiting for you to share your inner light with the world. Our false identity thrives off of earthly belongings. When we are separated from the loving universe and its truth for us, our false identity thrives off of earthly possessions. What other people say, who we are, what we think we are based off of how we are treated and from our past. You might identify with some of the feelings or emotions in this following story to convey who the false identity is and where it stems from. Growing up, I had no concept of who God was because it was not taught in my home. I was mentally, physically, and emotionally abused. I spent most of my young life not feeling good enough or worthy enough and feeling like I was a failure at everything that I did. These experiences shaped my false identity of I am not good enough. And that was my false identity for the first 15 years of my life. There was a side of me that was severely depressed. But on the other hand, my false identity triggered to prove to my parents that I wasn't the things that they said I was or would be. So it provoked something within me to get a good job, work hard, get a nice apartment, buy a nice car, and do other good things for myself to prove to them that I wasn't this loser and worthless daughter. In the midst of proving them wrong, I deepened the lies of my false identity taking me further from God's truth that he bestowed within me, for which I still didn't know at the time, and took me another eight years or so to figure out. Material things became my identity. Job promotions became my identity. Being a party girl became my identity. Being the funny, witty one became my identity. Being the crazy chick with a lengthy mental health record, and this is the list of pills I take to be able to be stable person, became my identity. 
and these identities gave me false thoughts of who I was. I am only good enough if I have nice things to show for it. I'm only worthy if I drink and have sex with people. I can make people feel comfortable around me by telling them I have depression. When we are not connected to a higher source of loving energy and thoughts and have practices in place to connect and deepen this understanding, we then identify ourselves wrongly as not good enough or not skinny enough, not rich enough, smart enough, insert your enough here. We unconsciously attract situations that do not honor and serve our true identity. And we live in our own false identities, shadows. We believe we are only good enough if we match the definition precisely with that identity or label that the world or our experiences defined for us. These false identities take us outside ourselves. Therefore, we are always seeking outside ourselves for solutions, approval, acceptance, and love. If you grew up in a broken home like I did, you might rely on these identities to prove a point. And it makes you believe things like, I achieved this goal, so I'm healed, or I am okay. And that is a trick because it keeps us from seeking more and more that temporarily fuels us. There was a point in my career when I reached all of these labels of these false identities, got the dream job, made a certain amount of money, had the perfect family with the dog, and then in the blink of an eye, it was all gone, except for the family. Hence, I was feeling more stuck, more depressed, a misunderstanding of God's truth for me at this particular time and sitting there without all of these things and asking myself, who the fuck am I? I placed my value in all of these things that were worthless. And when I lost all of it, I felt I literally had nothing. That feeling of nothingness left me feeling more lonely, more unworthy, and even more suicidal. I learned rather quickly that the false identities that I created were band-aids covering a gunshot wound. Throughout this chapter and throughout this book of Reclaiming Your True Identity, there are meditations and journal prompts to deepen and to engage with your own healing journey. So be sure to purchase your Kindle or physical copy of Reclaiming Your True Identity, A Mother's Conscious Guide to Inner Healing on Amazon today. Show love to your false identity. I remember the day when the truth of my false identity was revealed to me. I already had a to-do list for healing fear my childhood trauma, healing my parenting, repairing my marriage, and now I had to be mindful of my ego too. 
I know from experiences that when we don't have all the information necessary, we do the best we can with what we've got. And therefore, we reprogram ourselves to survive. I found myself fighting with my false self. And then further into my journey, I realized I was creating an additional inner battle that was not serving me in my healing. I realized that this was a trap. And the best way to stay out of this trap was to show massive love to my false identity, my ego. When you begin to feel yourself getting worked up or find yourself in fear after someone says some not so nice words about your kids, your spouse, you, you have to love and forgive yourself in that moment. That is the only way you're going to heal your false identity. And the only way it is going to fall away. Remember that your false identity is a part of yourself that is separated from source. And when you reclaim your true identity, this false self gets scared of losing you and will do anything it can to keep you in your false identity. Don't get upset or angry at your false self, which is like getting angry or upset with your true self. To deepen understanding, remember that your true identity is childlike and growing through life, trying to find its way back to authentic truth. On that path, we learn and make mistakes to learn some more. And just like a child, we need to accept ourselves in that moment so we can forgive and continue to move forward in love. In our false identity, we tend to get angry at ourselves and think of all the ways we should have done things differently and how mistakes are unacceptable. It's like doing your very best on a paper in high school and feeling really good about it, in parentheses, childlike, and then getting the paper back, dripping in red pen marks, We feel horrible and begin to obsess over how we should have done things differently. Parentheses, false identity. Try to really develop the habit of accepting and loving yourself in this moment that you are unlearning the false identity in order to relearn your authentic truth. The false ego will also create an inner dialogue wanting you to argue with it. Don't fall for this tactic either. It's like arguing with someone who believes four plus four is 10. The best way you can heal your false self is with love and not entertaining its madness. Later in chapter nine, I'll share with you how to keep your false identity in check and explore other ways it keeps you from living and sharing your truth. In the meantime, use this mantra when you begin to feel the urge to entertain your false self. I love and I accept myself at this very moment. I am learning how to be true to myself. Your true identity. 
We are all created from a divine energy that gives us one truth. And within this truth, there are many mannerisms within us that brings us great joy, inner peace, prosperity, abundance, and heaven on earth atmosphere. When we believe in this truth, we know that we are guided, that fear is just a distraction from our truth, and in unison together we can create and share miracles. The one truth is love, and in that truth we are given gifts and abilities that keep on giving wisdom, healing, creativity, sharing, guiding, giving freedom, and so much more. Our true identity is the characteristics and abilities that the God of our own understanding possesses. When we were created, because he loved us so much, God endowed us with his only truth, love for ourselves and for others. And we share that love in our own unique way. When we are disconnected from our higher power and inner divine source, we are disconnected from our truth. And in this disconnection, our fears, feelings of depression and lies take over our whole entire body and reality. We don't know our whole truth because Understanding and cultivating our truth takes a deep relationship between ourselves and our higher power. We rely on the world to tell us who God is and how he works, but everyone has a unique view of God and what he stands for and against. What begins to happen here is that Sometimes our personal beliefs or disbeliefs darkens or diminishes God's divine truth and love for us. And we begin to take those beliefs as our own truth. In order to know our true identities, our divine truths, who spirit really is, and how that spirit is for us and not against us, we have to build, reconnect, deepen, and practice being with our higher power. We are all connected and receive the same gifts. I may know what is true for you, but it's not fair to you for me to define who you are in spirit. So I believe it is important for you to begin discovering who you are. And I can be here to confirm what is true for you. Before we dive into your true identity, let's take a few moments to connect to your breath. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Holding that breath. Letting go of your body to make space for your truth. And exhale out through your mouth. Good job. One of the things we can do to start healing our false identity is to start recommitting, deepening, or forming a relationship with our higher power. 
it is crucial to have this foundation in order to heal. Your higher power will teach you something that a book never will and can teach and guide you better than I can. These are some of the questions given to me from my spiritual mentor and guide, Gabby Bernstein. And these questions help me develop my own understanding and relationship with God. Once you have your answers, it is important to develop a practice to deepen this connection daily so he or she can show you the truth in your identity, remove fear from your life, and show your true divine will. Clarify what your spiritual relationship means to you. What does it mean to rely on your higher power? What does it feel like when you are connected to the presence of your higher power? What blocks you from this connection? Many of us worship God, this infinite love, in a way that takes us outside ourselves because somehow we still believe we are sinners. And because we are sinners, the ego creates this feeling of separation to lure us away from our true identity in the divine presence. So in this state of illusion, we are constantly begging, redeeming ourselves, and becoming desperate for God to love us when his love is already inside of us. So we don't lack anything. We somehow believe that God has abandoned us because we used up all of our chances and we clearly can't get it right. So God allowed us to become desperate, broke, fat, sad, angry, unemployed, single, and so forth. The truth of the matter is we left God, his power, his qualities, and his love. And he waits patiently for us to return. I hope and pray that this chapter of Reclaiming Your True Identity, A Mother's Conscious Guide to Inner Healing, has provoked you to start taking spirit-driven action to return to your inner and higher source and start living your authentic truth. Again, to deepen your practice, there are questions at the end of this chapter to help you clarify who you are in spirit of your own understanding and to continue doing your work, your inner work, which by the way, I bow down to and honor and respect and so grateful that you're doing the work. You can purchase your copy on amazon.com. Until next time, namaste and satnam.